This podcast is sponsored by Burpwort's Babbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms, or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth, or even buzz, Burpwort is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply. Potions are always guaranteed to work. No refunds. <clears throat> All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, a podcast all about RPG news. I, as always, am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Role Players. Russ, as ever, I'm absolutely delighted to be here, and not just because I've spent the past couple of weeks inside, like some sort of like caged hamster, desperate to have a rolling ball to escape down. Absolutely. Is that why you're in that big spinning wheel? Oh, that's just my exercise routine. I don't like to break my toes. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you clap for the NHS last night, Peter? Given that given that your wife is one of them, um, I, 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 I it, it felt a bit weird because I'd basically be shouting at her, and she didn't like that sort of thing. So, <laughs> but I did, I did have the door open, and we could actually hear people shouting and uh, say "woo," and there were even like a few fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's shallow. It's actually yeah, fireworks, it was, really. It was quite impressive, actually. I did open the door in this and out, yeah. and you could hear people clapping all across the entire city. That was almost emotional. I almost felt an emotion. Not quite, but... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so your, 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 your <laughs> flinty, flinty heart was almost warmed. But, Russ, we have... <laughs> a positronic a brain, almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do have a guest. Our guest we do have a guest. Oh. Is a man Does he need- known only as Sean Rourke. <laughs> really? <laughs> the creator of the Identico Cyberpunk role playing game. Ooh, Cyberpunk. Daryl will be excited. Oh, very cool. Mm. Very cool. Yes. Hello. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I am Sean, aka Mallow, uh, aka Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you, are you in isolation as well, Sean? Is, 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 how, how's, we- how's it working over where you are? It is uh, so. We were the first for confirmed case here in uh, in Seattle, Washington, yep. just north of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we became the hotbed for this fun coronavirus COVID that everybody is uh, is fighting right now. Uh, so that was always good. Uh, and I had to. Uh, I actually had to take my wife to the emergency room the weekend that they put the first patient in the same hospital. So that was a little fun. Uh, it was quite uh, quite interesting that weekend. So uh, I, I hope you know, she's okay. She's fine now. Oh, it's all good. good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was not a dark kind of thing. That oh, was sorry. just a okay, yeah. <laughs> that was just front a thing lines that kind of report. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. My uh my brother and his um and his wife, they're both nurses up in Nottingham and um they're basically they've got a couple of patients in so far. Mm-hmm. But they're sort of and they and they work in sort of A and E and you know, stuff like that. But they've got a couple of patients in so far, but they're all kind of girding up because they know it's coming. So at the moment, it's okay. It's kind of like calm before the storm. You just know it's coming and then, you know, give it another month. You know, I'm not going to be able to even talk to the guy because he's going to be so busy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, uh, certain, they certainly have been, been 
doing everything they possibly can. It's been, it's it was amazing to see. To be quite honest with you, yes, but yeah. we're not here to talk about um, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, or any of related <laughs> things because we are here to offer a brief glimpse of sunshine. Well, uh, let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about happy things. <laughs> like yes. cyberpunk dystopias. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, like, Sean, <laughs> I, I haven't really thought about what you'd look like. Actually, you look like exactly the sort of man who'd be writing cyberpunk. You've got this amazing <laughs> set of equipment, including quite possibly the biggest microphone I've seen from all our guests ever. <laughs> it's like, I was thinking... Why does he have a cybernetic arm in the fork? Oh, he's speaking to it. It's a microphone. <laughs> I can only assume it's one of your like androids that you've got, and they provided the microphone for you. <laughs> you know that's not a cybernetic in the game yet, but now you've just now we have to write it into the game. So every well, time it will be. <laughs> every time we do one of these podcasts, the last time we did a podcast, we ended up coming up with a food truck style uh, mini game that that ran at uh, at a convention. Uh, so now we've got to have a cybernetic arm with a microphone on it. So there we go. It's coming soon. Sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm done with this. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. There you go. World exclusive. <laughs> right, let's do some news. Let's yeah, do some news. Yeah, news. Woo-hoo. Okay, then. So, uh, Paizo is, I like, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It's been out for, what, six months now-ish? It's been out Give since Com, So, yeah. That's um, about one million years in relative time, or I think something like... Um, oh, for nine months now. No, seven. I don't know. Time has no meaning for me anymore. <laughs> What's that bright light outside? What's it outside? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tencom was in August, so September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Was it that? Is it April now? No, it's still March. No, it's still March. Okay, seven months. <laughs> seven months. <laughs> I, know, I, don't, I don't know when it is. <laughs> it's going to be April. People will be able to track. Yes, here we can see the mental disintegration of Russ and Peter. Here, they lost track of time completely. This entire this in, they, they don't know what month it is. <laughs> this entire pandemic, we're just going to come out like that Robin Williams mean from Jumanji. Just like, what year is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, so anyway, uh, in November, yes? Paito is releasing a beginner box for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Oh, good. That'll be good to see. It'd be lovely. Um, I remember the beginner box for the first edition, and that was really... I mean, it was it was more expensive than the D&D one, but mm. you got a lot more in it. Mm-hmm. And this one looks like it's going to be the same. So you get an 80-page rulebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a 96-page uh, GM book, which has an adventure, some monsters, all that sort of stuff. Crikey. I think I bought shorter role-playing mm-hmm. games than that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you get f- you get four pre-gens. Nice, nice. Over a hundred character and monster pawns. Nice. Yeah. Uh, full color double-sided map. Mm. Uh, four game reference cards. Yep. And a complete set of polyhedral dice. Sounds intriguing. Uh, what what do you yeah. think, Sean? Uh, have you got any experience with the? What's your experience with box sets as start sets? I, I like them. We've actually been trying to kick around the idea of how, how we would get one for our Ooh. game as well. And it's, it's, mm. that's a lot in one box. Yeah. That, that that's is a lot. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I great to how, see. I don't know how much it's going to be. I, I have, let's the, see. Let's see. I'm looking over at the shelf over here. I've got 
the new cyberpunk uh jumpstart kit that they put out i've got the original pathfinder box and the dd original starter set over here mm-hmm. um yeah, I think they, they the Pathfinder one always had a ton more in it to begin with too. Mm-hmm. I think like it was a it's a like if I'm just looking at box sizes, it, yeah. it's a beefy thing in there. So yeah, yeah, it, it does cost a bit more to be fair, but yeah, you do get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. In fairness, yeah. Pathfinder itself kind of costs a little bit more because the the rule books are gigantic in there. You get a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, it depends. I guess it depends how many of the rule books. Because if you take the three, um, didn't we work out uh, that the page count was exactly the same for the, the player's, handbook. player's handbook and the DMG? Except it was one page shorter for the core Pathfinder yeah. to yeah. core rule book. So. Yeah, really weird coincidence. Almost exactly the same page count. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yes, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> So we got some uh, reports in from ICB2, who did the little big market industry uh, reports. You're going to talk statistics to me. I'm so excited. Woo-hoo. I'm all a flutter. Statistics. There's nothing like a good statistic. So <laughs> these are about the whole market yeah. uh, in 2019. So this is the Hobby Games Channel, yes. uh, US and Canada, mm-hmm. as of 2019. The whole channel was up. Between 5 and 10%, that being like the 11th year consecutively where it's gone up. So that for 11 years in a row, it's gone up. Wow. Uh, How much was the total worth there? Uh, I have got here what we've got. I haven't got that figure. What I've got here is the role-playing games category. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Now, the total, 1,675 million for the whole hobby games category. Wow. Uh, so 1.65 billion. Well, 1.6 billion, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. This is the weird way they put it in it. Yeah, 1.675 billion oh. is the whole um, hmm. tabletop games category. Nice. And role-playing games of that yes. are a tiny 80 million. 80 or 18? <laughs> 80. Which is up from 65 million in 2018, so it's a 23% rise in role-playing games over that period. Wow. But even so, it's still a tiny, tiny sliver of the of the overall tabletop gaming yeah, category. But even so, that's a 15 million dollar increase, and that's just from what oh, ICB2 yeah, yeah. is tracking. By me, yeah. Well, in 2014, it was 25 million. Right. So in the last six years, it's gone up what three times? Three, just over three times. That, that is some impressive growth, I gotta say. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and also, especially because, like, 2014, 5th Ed comes out, and so, like, people bought it. So, people are still buying stuff. Like, are they buying mm-hmm. the same? Are they same, buying the same books? Are they buying different books? Where, where, what's all this role play that they're buying? It's just like, because it's got, it's like, you've got, if I buy a rule book, right, I'm like, yeah, I'm now good forever. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I don't need to buy any more books. I got this one. Why would I? I mean, maybe it's a second edition's nice one. I might get the writer, but yeah. So it's like, sorry, that's just sound in my mind being blown right here. It's a lot of new players, though, isn't it? It that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's like lots of people coming to the hobby. Um, mm. Yeah, fantastic. Means won't be short of games again. Like that. Well, ICB2 reported basically, so D&D was the biggest growth factor, Yeah, obviously, 
but Pathfinder 2E and Shadowrun 6E were both very strong. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. And apparently, because there's quite a low rate of new D&D products compared to other games, mm-hmm. like they... Actually, they do like four a year now. They are they are ramping it up, aren't they? But it's still mm. it's still quite low compared to say Pathfinder. Yeah, um, or even a lot of, a lot of this schedule that was like what one product a month or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah was something awesome. like that. Yeah, Sunshine. But a lot of the D and D players instead they're still spending money, mm. but they're buying like secondary products. So they're buying dice and they're buying mm. accessories and screens and miniatures and you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're still <coughs> they're still spending money on the hobby. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so it's good news. The hobby's still... I don't know whether this year, with the pandemic, whether it's going to rise, though. Oh, I think it's going to do even better. I mean, what about you, Sean? You think? What do you reckon? Well, if... I mean, we have... Uh, we, we are very fortunate to have so many of the board game cafes and things like that here in seattle mm-hmm. uh if if i'm judging turnout uh in those places and i know that a lot of those players are going home and playing even though we're quarantined they're playing over discord or you know skype or something mm-hmm. like that uh i think the minute you know you earlier in the in the podcast you asked what's the first thing we're going to do when we can finally all see people again we can go drink and roll dice at the same time yeah. um so exactly <laughs> and so we had had a we had weekly games running with new players and stuff like that and that's i think i think it's going to be standing room only and i think a lot of these these places mm. are going to have uh some serious issues with stock at first mm. uh because there's mm. going to be so many players that are out there trying to do it and then a lot of places like your card kingdoms and mocks and, and some of the other smaller ones around us are doing everything they can to still ship out the product from home mm-hmm. yeah well, because they know people want to play is a lot of a lot of the distributors have shut down now though mm-hmm. yep yep uh so there might be a lack of product getting out there which yeah. might help you know which might shrink the industry a little bit just over just over this year Right. I think so. I think I, I think you still go. You still though. You've got a you've got a uh, a back to school and a holiday period at mm. the end of the year that could mm. uh, make up for it, depending on how long assuming, this thing lasts. Assuming all this is over. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's, yeah. you know it's, oh. not to speak on my day job kind of thing, but it's crossing fingers. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. So um, we're talking about ICV two. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is doing very well. Shadowrun is doing very well. You said as well. And Pathfinder Second Edition. Pathfinder Second Edition. So yeah, there's clearly still a market out there for oh I don't know some sort of cyberpunk sort of things, um, but with a fantasy twist. <laughs> 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 so uh, which is obviously great news for you, for. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, so moving on, uh, we have some news about PaizoCon. Can you guess what the news about PaizoCon is? Go on, make a guess. They're going to steam ahead. Coronavirus be damned. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> is, is it cancelled? No. Is it delayed? <laughs> it has been cancelled. It has been cancelled. Ah. Um, it's, not, it's not going ahead. With, uh, not Wizards of the Coast. Poizo sent out an email just yesterday, I think it was, where they talked about how basically they're closing down a lot of their operations, like their warehousing stuff. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the designers that can are working from home, mm-hmm. but they're kind of not sh- they're not shipping product out at the moment. Well, of course, yes. But also, of course, PaizoCon itself has been cancelled now. Yeah, unsurprisingly, because <laughs> everything else has been, doesn't it? But, yeah. uh, it's joined. It's, it's joined that growing list of events. Yeah. I'm wondering whether Gen Con's going to go ahead now. That's in August. Mm. 
but the Indy 500 has been moved to August. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Well, we'll and that's, that's in the exact, that's in Indianapolis too, so. Okay. Well, I hope they're not. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's obviously great news for those fans of like high speed racing cars. And RPGs, I think that's actually more of a <laughs> more of an overlap in the Benz. I think they should just. Think. I think they should. I think they should just combine the two. To be honest, uh, I would totally an RPG whilst doing laps in a uh, like a, in the yes. Amplified the car. That would be amazing. Yes. So, so basically, you're playing an RPG, but and you're also not allowed to drop below eighty miles an hour. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a film about that somewhere. <laughs> 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 so I, I don't know whether the Indy 500 is a bigger event for the city than Gencon is or not. To be honest, I don't know how they compare. Oh, they're both humongous, <sighs> obviously. I, I they're really they're both it's... huge. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping they're yeah. not going to be on the same weekend because that's just not going to work out well for anyone. But yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Anyway, shall we do some more news? We've got a couple of little bits more news. There isn't a massive amount of news this week, for obvious reasons, because not a lot of people are doing a lot, because everything's getting cancelled. Yes. But yes. Wiz- Wizard of the Coast did release a new Unearthed Arcana. Oh, yes, yes. Did you see it? I think I think I did. I have managed to immediately forget everything about it, which is not... It's well established. It takes a lot to get me excited about Unearthed Arcana. Well, this one is all about spells and magic tattoos. Huh. That does sound like something I should be excited about. Tell me more. <laughs> well, the, most of the spells, they focus on a new style of, of summoning, yes. which is conjuring forth a spirit that assumes a physical form you customise to suit the situation. I'm just reading that straight off the description. I'm not 100% sure what it means. Right. Oh, that's good news. Uh have you have you seen this? Uh, is it is Dungeons and Dragons your sport, Sean? Yeah, excellent. No, we've uh, we 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 know of several folks there at uh, at Watsy because they're down the street from us, actually. Uh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, so we run into uh, we run into Perkins and and, and crew a, a good bit, actually. Mm. And we're just starting up a new campaign via Roll Twenty tonight uh, for ours. Mm. I finally get to having written so much and having to be the GM all the time. It's f- nice to actually be able to play in something that isn't a one shot or something like that for it. So, mm. and also, I think I, I don't know if you you gents are, but I know that that I watch Critical Role all the time too. Uh, so having Wild mm. Mount and having the book out there now, and you know, even in a digital form, because mm. I haven't been to the I haven't been to my local shop to pick up the hard copy yet, but I've got the digital uh, through. D and D Beyond, so nice. Yeah, you know it's interesting. The thing that the thing that I find the most interesting is how much overlap they're doing with uh, Magic: The Gathering and D and D now, because they've got yeah. the the Odysseys of Theros is coming out. Um, yeah, we've already had Ravnica. Guildmasters we already had Ravnica. Yeah. yeah. So it's a. Uh, I am. I am looking forward to Theros. I I don't know anything about Magic: The Gathering, but I love Greek themed stuff, and I am so so looking forward to that. Anyway, back to these tattoos. Yes, yes, magic tattoos. So, I'm, I'm just calling up this document. I've not seen this document before. I'm calling it up for the first time. Yes, yes. So, we have uh, we have an absorbing tattoo. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, which will absorb a certain type of damage type, depending what colour your tattoo is. Okay, so a tattoo of absorb elements. Okay. Yeah, kind of. We've got a coiling grasp tattoo. Okay. Uh, you can cause the tattoo to extrude into inky tendrils which reach for a creature you can sit so you turn into venom I guess 
Why not? Why not? An eldritch claw tattoo, an illuminator's tattoo, uh, a blood fury tattoo. It's quite a few of these. I'm not going to read all of them out. There's tons of them. Ghost step tattoo. Shadowfell brand tattoo. There you go. You get a tattoo to do pretty much anything you want now, it looks like. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, spell description. Blah, blah, blah. Some shadowy, Shadowfell brand tattoo. <laughs> for, for when, when you me- take damage, you can use your reaction to become a shadowy and insubstantial for a moment. That's like me all the time. <laughs> Shadowy and insubstantial. Shadowy and insubstantial. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, it's like when you're a drow jewelry ranger whose parents had to died in a, a long time ago isn't quite edgy enough. And you're like, yeah. yeah. Do you happen to have a scimitar named Twinkle? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's the other scimitar called? Uh, ice, uh, icing death. Icing yes, death? icing death. Yeah, icing death. Yes, yeah. icing death. And what a nerd I am! How did I know that? <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, um, Chaosium have released uh, an open game license and SRD for their basic role playing system. Oh, exciting. So that, so that obviously is the percentile system which powers um, Call of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. They use an open gaming license, but it's not the open gaming license. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's kind of similar to the open gaming license, but they made a few changes to it. Yes. So uh, the original open gaming license, which is the one that is most commonly used, and that was published by Wizards of the Coast about 20 years ago, yes. and it's still in use today for D&D 5th edition. Yes. It's the same license. Yes. Um, uh, it, uh, it allows you to use a whole bunch of uh, Wizards of the Coast's um, text and rules and property and stuff like that. And uh, it includes a, a concept called product identity, mm. which is where they've made a list of things where they say, you can you can use this license, but if you use this license, you agree not to use any of these things. Yeah. And that list is basically you can't use any trademarks, uh-huh. so you can't say the words Dungeons and Dragons. You can't say um, the holder, you know, the name of a book, Monster Manual, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, a handful of monsters. There's like a dozen or so monsters you can't use. I think yeah, beholders, mind players, uh, some more. I can't remember which. Ones. Yeah. But you know, there's some. There's some other stuff. Proper names. You can't say Elminster mm-hmm. uh, places. You know, the sort of proper sort of IP stuff. Yeah. And they call that product identity, or PI, just to confuse everyone with IP. Yes. And it does confuse people with IP. But anyway, that's the thing. So that's the concept they invented, product identity, and it's a list of things in the license which you're not allowed to use. Yeah. And if it's not in that list, you can use it, essentially. Yeah. So if it's in the SID, you can use it. Now, what um, Chaosium have done is something slightly different. So they haven't got product identity in theirs. Mm-hmm. What they have instead is a, uh, a list of prohibited content. Which sort of does the same thing, but it's a little different okay. because uh, it's expanded to include mechanics, which okay. the uh, original one doesn't, and also anything which they say is substantially similar to their stuff. Oh, okay. So basically, you couldn't you couldn't in uh, was in the coast one, the D and D one. You couldn't do Elminster, but you could make a guy who's exactly like Elminster yeah. and call him Bob. Yeah. But Chaosium's license says you can't do that because you also can't do stuff that's substantially similar to our stuff. So you couldn't do that. 
So you've got to come up with your own original stuff, is what they're saying, rather than cloning our stuff. Well, there's, a, there's another sort of... Uh, the uh, prohibited com- content list oh, yes, also yes. contains yes. Le Mort d'Arthur, you know, the King Arthur stuff. Okay. And right. the entire Cthulhu mythos. So if you want to use this license, you have to agree not to do anything King Arthur-like or Cthulhu-like. That's what I want to do now. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I think uh, what I've seen about it it's basically they're like, don't make Call of Cthulhu, but with your own homebrew. That's not cool. From make what, something original. What it looks like is they don't want Pathfinder to happen, I think. So they want people to make stuff to support their games, but they don't want someone to come up and make their own version of Call of Cthulhu mm. using their system yeah, yeah. and sell that. So I think that's basically what that is. And it's the same because uh, the Arthur stuff is because they, uh, they have Pendragon. Mm, mm. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's quickly talk about a couple more um, coronavirus-related cancellations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly get them out of the way. We yes. don't have to dive too much into them. Yes. Um, so Games Workshop cancelled Warhammer Fest 2020, okay. which was going to be in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. The good old NEC. Uh, yeah. They just say all, they've announced all Games Workshop retail stores have been closed until at least April. Well, of course they have. Mm. It's not like they had a choice. <laughs> I'm not sure why they announced that. Because clearly they're in the Boris Johnson service. told us that last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we were talking about uh, RPG stuff that's been cancelled or delayed. So yeah. Warhammer Fest, yeah. all of WizKids uh, convention exhibitions and events, mm-hmm. uh, product delays for D&D icons of the realms figure packs and all the descent into Avernus figures and all that sort of stuff. Made in China. Uh, Modi yeah. have announced all products will be delayed until at least May. That's like all board games, all Star Wars, the Legend yeah. of Five Rings stuff, all the Fantasy Flight game stuff, all of that yeah. is going to be delayed until at least May. Uh, Wizards of the Coast says the latest Magic the Gathering expansion, which is called Ikoria, Ikoria, mm-hmm. Ikoria, Lair of the Behemoths, will be delayed. Ooh. That does sound... Uh, Onyx Path... That was good for a green deck. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> Onyx Path have cancelled their Kickstarter for the Legend Lore RPG. Oh. Mm. Cancelled wow. Halfway through, they've just cancelled it. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then we've got other product delays from Catalyst Game Labs, Renegade Game Studios, yeah. Ares Games, Graceland Games, Fireside Games, loads of them. Oh, yeah. uh, and of course, we've got the shutdown of ch- uh, hobby chain distributors like Alliance and Diamond Comics and all that sort of stuff. All the distributors are, are shutting down too. Oh, yeah. It's what they've got to do, really. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although on good news, I have heard a report that... Somebody has received their copy of the Spartan Gambit. Ah, uh, A Mr. L. Donovan. I think that's how it is. L. Donovan. <laughs> Why did he come around? Yes, Lee Donovan has... Did, did he break into your garage or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, no, he messaged me on Facebook literally just before we started recording just to say that his copy of the Spartan Gambit had just arrived. I'm super happy about that. No, good. I, I'm so it looks like we got them in just in time before the postal services start getting. Yes, because that's going to probably happen, isn't it? Uh, well, I think I think they're. I don't think they're going to like make it collapse or shut it down because people still need stuff. Yeah. Hey, did you know that Highland and Bound Second Edition is now out? Is it? Oh, Chris Bybee's uh, mm. baby. Oh, fantastic! 
Mm. Uh, is that released through Darker Hue or um, Chaosium? That's, uh, that is coming from Chaosium. That's fantastic. He worked with Chaosium to produce a second edition. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, four brand new adventures in it. Ooh, nice. He's got some new occupations tailored to 1920s Harlem and some new monsters, pre-gens and stuff like that. Oh. So it's the same game yeah. and it's got new art as well. Yeah. Have you have you seen that, Sean? I have not actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, well, it's a yeah, it's a little bit bit of an indie darling, but still pretty good actually. Um, yeah. Uh, how would you describe it, Russ? Uh, well, it's a any winning, but not Diana Jones. <laughs> no, not award winning. Diana Jones. <laughs> uh, okay, so so the only thing that Chris Ivey's like Harlem and Bound, right? Was the concept of actual play? The concept. The concept of actual play. Beat out poor old Chris um, in the, what was it, 2018, 2019? It was 2018, like that, yeah. in fact, yeah. The Diana Jones Awards um, for, like, that product. So, yeah, it, mm. it, it was a seriously good product. So it took, it took a lot to took a lot to beat in, like, you know, Critical Role mm. and absolutely every other RPG podcast all had to be metaphorically put together in order to beat his product. So, yeah. It's, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool, man. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty big stakes to get on that one, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, yeah. Um, Harlem Bound is awesome. So what it basically is, it's set in 1920s Harlem. It's a Cthulhu thing. So you investigators in 1920s Harlem, uh, with a strong emphasis on the sort of racial tensions of the time, mm. and you play people of color in 1920s Harlem in New York, but those who don't know where Harlem is, but I assume most people do. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not uh, and it's, it's a really, really, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really, 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 really solid, really, really, really good game. I haven't actually had a chance to actually play it. I've got a copy of the PDF from first edition. Yes. And I've read it because we had him, we had him on the show mm. and talked to him about it, but I really would love to like give that a try. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if we've got some time, we've got, I don't know, like we've been forced free time on our hands. I have to give it a well some time. Yeah, I have to, I have to look at, I have to look at my schedule time. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, I wasn't thinking like us right here, right now, but yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more generally. <laughs> I like your story, Sean. Oh, I mean, I, I just I just invite myself into games. That's how we got into this whole hobby, you know. I'm just, hey, we're playing. Let's roll dice. Let's do it now. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Hey, do you know who we haven't mentioned yet today? In the news section. Who haven't mentioned something? Oh, Medifius. Always. Medifius. Like, uh, the, the, they contribute <laughs> everything. Good lads. Uh, yeah, they've just released the Dishonored role-playing game. Oh, okay. It's a video game series about a selfie assassin, apparently. I'm told. I don't know. Yes, yes. That, Is that's that the description yeah, of it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yes, uh, I mean it's it's not you're not wrong for us. I'm not laughing because you're wrong. She was laughing because I don't know. I think she just laughs at stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's just even that way. Oh yes. Okay, so Dishonored World Playing Game, excellent. Um, anything else that they've released? Uh, are you familiar with Dishonored World Playing Game? Um, I'm not familiar with Dishonored World Playing Game. I haven't actually hands up played the computer game. But essentially, you are a stealthy assassin, but it's a very steampunk-style uh, game with a lot of emphasis right. on stealth mechanics, although apparently you can just murk your way through it as well. So yeah. I think sort of like a Deus Ex feel, but in a 
pseudo-Victorian steampunk setting. I could be completely wrong. That's just my impression. I mean, uh, oh, you probably are. You usually, yeah, are. probably. Well, and it's it also has the. Uh, I mean, it's got some magic elements. Your your stealth is mm. can go two ways. You can mm. use the like you've got magic kind of powers or mm. a, a kind of thing where you can use it to either stealth or you can use it to kill them faster. Oh. If you want to go mm-hmm. full on, just murder everything, murder hobo, revenge mm-hmm. stories usually yeah. uh, at the plot of it. Um, mm. And it's the Victorian portion of it. I mean, the art style is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I played both of the games. I didn't get to the DLC, but the art style is fantastic. Nice. I couldn't get quite behind all the mechanics and everything that they wanted you to do. Now, I could probably do it more in a, in a role-playing game, but I'd be mm-hmm. interested to know how they're going to handle like a group dynamic there. Mm. Um, it is very much versus, like you know, wolf, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, I mean, you'd have somebody you could use as a distraction here or there, but yeah, I mean, it was it was always infiltrate you know take try not to get caught and if you get caught make sure there's no witnesses <laughs> you know there's men tell no tales right okay <laughs> right well i mean you know it's it's they're 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 there to stop you from doing everything so right i think we have finished the news for the week and as either of you have got any news items that you can think of that i have may have or gotten i think that's about everything i'm aware of that, those don't look like the faces of people that have any news <laughs> items that I may have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, as is traditional, like as soon as we finish recording, then it's just going to go crazy with press releases. Yes, that is basically exactly what always happens. May it was never thus. Wizard of the Coast will suddenly announce D and D sixth edition at about five o'clock today, as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, I mean. To- it's almost certain to happen. It's guaranteed. To, to, to be fair, it was really. I think it was really good, and they should thank us for moving it from a Monday to a Friday recording because they, they, those guys were having to step seriously late on a school night to get the uh, to, to get their news out to avoid us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from. Right, shall we shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? Not if you're gonna use that voice, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think how what's the what's the voice in war games? Shall we play a game? I can't do it. It's war games and saw. I got Yeah, you definitely get more of a saw vibe. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was going I was going for war games and I came out with saw. Okay, fine. Oh <laughs> uh, you, you should write a book I've actually that. seen saw. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen. I can't. I can't watch that. So my, my life is an abused ah, games no. workshop employee. Yeah. Um, sorry. Where are we? Anyway, should we play our favourite game in all the world? I think you should give the full title, to Sean, just so he's able to do the rules recap at the same time. Well, our favourite game in all the world, where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. That game. That one. Yeah. Okay. So now you're <laughs> speed on the rules. So good times. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Are you familiar with the game, Sean? Uh, I am. I did a little research. Uh-huh. I, I listened to a few podcasts before I got on just to make sure I was uh, I knew what I was getting myself into. What is this disturbing new trend of prepared guests? It's, un- it's uncanny. Yeah. It's weird. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. It's like, I mean, he's got the mic. He's, he's, got, he's recording stuff. Like He knows what he's doing. But, I mean, quite frankly, this level of professionalism is not... Is not what we're down for in uh, <laughs> 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 role-playing talk. Right, frankly, we, we, we have a fine dedication of crass amateurship, which we, we, we wish to uphold. Uh, 
and in such spirit, I shall go first. <laughs> All right then, Peter, oh, you're going to love this one. There we go. I always got some guitar key out. Oh, you are. You're going to like it. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> this is... What is... This is... What is the ultimate... Go- I can't even beat this out. Come on, you bro. can't get it you out. Can, yeah. You can do this. What? This is serious. This is a real thing. I believe you. What is? Come on, you can do it. The ultimate guide to hair. Oh, it's real. Just flow through my mind. Just have I, I'll be a decent person. I'd say the thing. What is the ultimate guide to hair? <laughs> is there any strange capitalization going on? Like, is hair you mean? all H-A-I-R in block capitals, or is it all the... It, it, does hair have a capital H? Do, you mean, does it does it look like it's an acronym? Is that what you're saying? Does it look like an acronym, or is hair a proper noun? No, it's, it's just a word. It's just a word. The ultimate guide to hair. And it's, it's like, that, that's just it. There's no, there's no... It's not a proper noun or anything. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, and that's hair, H-A-I-R. Mm-hmm. Just checking. As opposed to H-A-I-E, because mm-hmm. that would be, like, I don't know, some sort of <laughs> rabbit fancy. An entirely different game, That would yeah. be some yeah. sort of rabbit fancy, as man, which would uh, obviously not be entirely <laughs> appropriate. Okay, so the ultimate guide to hair. Mm, let's see. I think this is a supplement for a glam rock um, style role-playing game where you all play members of, um, like, a band and this chronicles your adventures and hate performances and I don't know maybe solve mysteries as well because why the hell not but instead of being glam rock you're actually a hair metal band yeah that guy gets it um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a, like, sort of the setting and source but to actually enable you to properly do that so I think it might actually be a uh, a source book for that glam rock metal game which came out like a year or two ago if only because that does sound awesome <laughs> this is the D&D 5th edition yes. supplement yes. with new backgrounds subclasses racist spells items monsters and deities designed around the theme of hair interesting <laughs> yes you, you, you recall Sean how I described this game and how the were no downsides to it. <laughs> but, but, but perhaps I'm prejudging it too harshly. Well, it's funded, this thing. It's, uh, really? Yeah, it's, it's funded. funded. It's got two weeks, two weeks left to go. Funded. Why not? Yes. Um, it's a little tongue-in-cheek. No. Is it? Um, I'm, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just calling it up now. Uh, blimey. Okay. So it's, I can't actually it's all about hairy creatures. any of these demo pages. But yeah, it's like hairy creatures and hair-based spells and... Uh, of course, like... I guess... Classes, like you've got... Hairdressers as a background. Yeah, and you've got the hairbarian, the range hair, <laughs> the fight hair. Yeah. I would play that then if that was... If it was all hair puns, I would play that. Uh, uh, actually, oh my god! The video, the the thumbnail for the video was fantastic. I, I am I am actually warming up to this game the more I talk. <laughs> the opportunity. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, how much are we talking though? Because like, yeah, a joke's a joke, but I, I need a reasonable price on my PDF. You can get a PDF. Yeah. 
for five dollars. Well, how much? Five dollars. Ah, five dollars. Okay, yeah. Well, that that that, that, that seems like a reasonable price for this. To be fair, this. it's only a six-page PDF. Well, the, the 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 full the full illustrated PDF is only fifteen, so that's not too bad. You can get an yeah, illustrated PDF. Rest. Why are you wasting everyone's time with like this non-illustrated <laughs> version? When if you're going to get the ultimate guide to hair, you have to commit to it and spend fifteen dollars yeah. on six pages of text. Have another nine pages of hair-related humor. <sighs> So, so we can safely say you're a definite backer of this one, then, can we? Oh yeah, man! I'm like logging to my computer now. Tappy tappy tap. Can you hear me on the keyboard? <laughs> Back in the scene as we speak. Peter, Peter, I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> you're right there. What are you gonna do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> The the subtitle to this uh, Kickstarter is A Supplement to Die For, spelled D-Y-E. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Peter is uh, just... He has his head he's, in his Yeah, hands. he's no, gone full migraine, Ralph. Yeah, it's sort of like brain trees, but like for puns, and I like puns yeah. or something like that. <laughs> oh, I focus plenty. I have to massage your temples to take away the pain. <laughs> Well then, Sean, would you like to go? Yeah, come on, Sean. Yeah, let's do it. Well then, what is this one? This one is called Deep Carbon Observatory. Geek Carbon Observatory? Deep. Deep as in the opposite of shallow. Okay, Deep Carbon Observatory. Yes. That's what I think of this one. I think this one is about star charting in... The 1800s. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> going way out there on this one. Why the 1800s? I'm I don't know. Well, why the hell not? <laughs> because because in America it's all about 1700s, and we have this whole thing between 1700s to like the 1900s that there's a whole gap in there that we never talk about. I don't know why. Maybe they never happened. It makes you wonder, right? Maybe, oh. maybe there's some kind of quantum temporal distortion, Star Trek style, no. and you actually went from the 1700s straight to the 1900s. Yes, maybe something <laughs> happened. Yes, that, that could be a way to yeah. describe it. Yeah. Well, anyway. put it this way: Does anyone? Is there anyone alive today that actually remembers the 1800s happening? No, probably not. So, so it could, it could all be fake. It news. could all be fake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't like if I I don't know like if I say Native Americans then <laughs> they might have they might have views on whether this is fake news or not so I mean I don't know this this like well they date back way back further than that though yes yeah that's true but like yeah that's I don't know perhaps I'm anyway so <laughs> switch on anyway deep carbon observatory so deep carbon observatory yes. okay uh, so it is not unfortunately about star mapping in the 1800s it's actually a D adventure hmm, interesting uh yeah uh let's have a look what is it this this art is um... it's a it's actually a remastered version of a D adventure so it came out before and this is like a, a updated hardcover version of it i thought this was a osr sort of jazz huh. uh oh there, there actually is. is you know, there's actually a deep carbon observatory on Wikipedia 
it's a global research program mm-hmm. designed to transform understanding problems role in Earth. So yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's that. It's not. It's <laughs> not that. That's true. It's not that. No. Uh, so basically, the Kickstarter page pretty much only says it's a remake of the original, but it hasn't actually explained what the original is. Yeah. Oh, there's a video I could watch, which I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. There's lots of nice, pretty maps. There's some art. Yeah. Brought in now. New layout, apparently. New material. How they're making it. Yeah. Who's printing it. it ah, right a, at the bottom. It's originally it's from Lamentation with Flame Princess. Right, it's right down here mm-hmm. at the bottom. It tells you what, what it is. Yeah. So an adventure for Dungeons and Dragons, stats and play assumptions based yeah. around an old school mindset with stats, challenges, and treasure based around limitations of the frame printer and BX sets. Yeah, yeah, I thought I remembered it being um, an OSR thing. So yeah, they, they're re releasing mm. it for 5th edition. Um, but yeah, I think this one is kind of definitely designed towards people who had the original and know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think you're going to look at that Kickstarter page and go, oh, I know what that is. But it's doing really well. It's like uh, £29,000 yeah. so far. It's like storming it. Yeah, Map, Maps and Artwork by Scrap Princess. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, an eerie abandoned treasure palace where they encounter a pair of unexpected yeah. terror which will seek to claim their lives. Uh, that's, mm. that's based on the original 2014. But, uh, yeah. Um, should be a laugh. Yeah. I, I like that they're... Well, they're, they're they're definitely having fun with it because it's the bloated overreach edition uh, is their stretch goal. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Right. Okay. Shall we, yeah. shall we do right this then, one? Peter, yes. are, you, are you ready for your next one? Hell yeah. Hit me. It, it is called hmm. Hogs. H-O-G-S. Yes. Hidden Oddities, A Guide to Survival. Ooh. Okay. So, if you're going to call it hidden entity, was hidden entities, guys, survival oddities, 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 as in space oddities. Full Barry. Yeah, um, I think this, like straight away, I can tell from the tone that what they're aiming at is they're aiming at a humorous game. Um, they're going for sort of an X Files vibe. They're looking for maybe throwing in a bit of like the weird stuff, like the secure containment protocol, the SCP Foundation archives throwing in a bit of that um and this is um either the player book or the core system um for this i'm pretty sure it's not fifth ed dnd um i think it might be an original system hmm amazing completely wrong everything you just said is wrong it's for fifth ed dnd To quote a certain Jedi Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a D&D 5th edition ah. source book full of a collection of rules modifications, optional modules, player options, and monsters. Okay. So it's a grab bag, I guess, basically, of uh, D&D stuff. Uh, they say it's kind of designed to help you do a, a sort of lower fantasy, sort of old school feeling. Of D&D. So it's not an X-Files spoof. It is not an X-Files spoof. Sorry. I'm a little saddened, I'll be honest. I was, ha- yeah. uh, I, 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 um, I was hoping so I could like play Mulder and Skelly. You want to play Mulder and Skelly? No, Mulder and Skelly. Uh, like, you know, be the Undead version or the Ooze version. Oh, I see. Um, but it was not to be. Anyway, never mind. Oh, well. Well, anyway, how long is that? <laughs> oh, well. Let's go. Uh, it ends on Friday, April the 3rd. Oh, which is a week or so, I believe. Exciting times. And how much is a PDF? 
I don't know. No one cares. Okay. <laughs> what were you doing? Okay. We lost all hope. <laughs> they they X. <laughs> quarantine has finally been. Fifteen dollars. All right, last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Go on. Uh, and Sean, this one is called Colony Salem. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, See, when it? you said colony, I was like, oh, yeah. it's a spacefaring game. Yeah. yeah. Now you say in Salem, and now it's it's got to be. It's got to be the witch trials, but is it witch trials in space? Is that is it witch trials in that space? That would be fun. Go this uh, witch trials in space, <laughs> survival <laughs> horror yeah, yeah. in that Ooh. one. Uh, nice. Built on its own. Uh, I'm going to say it's built on the D and D five E system since everything <laughs> else is good today. <laughs> Just play the odds. <laughs> yeah, let's play the odds. <laughs> 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 oh, you're doing so well. You were doing so well. You were about to nail it. 10 out of oh. 10. Except it is powered by the apocalypse. But apart from that, oh. it is exactly that. Witch trials in space. Neo Puritan colonists. This is. Uh, this might be the most. Quite interesting. By so it's a holy pilgrimage to space. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It looks quite good. Don't know? No. Uh, it ends on Tuesday, April the 7th. $20 for the PDF, powered by the apocalypse. And it's a dark sci-fi RPG of mystery, betrayal, sacrifice, and faith. Fantastic. Yes. All right, then. Oh, Salem is no, Salem is done for spiritually anchored life experiment on Mars. Is that the one? Oh. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not seeing that in the thing that I'm looking at right now. But Salem. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bonus games. Yes. Ah, oh, Salem's got dots between. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Ah. Oh. Charcoal. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's got all the various playbooks that you'd expect. And what did you say it was um, short for? Uh, yeah, actually anchored life experiment on Mars. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Where are you seeing that though? I can't. I can't see that anywhere. It's in uh, quite on, small writing, Russ. Yeah, it's little, little tiny uh, writing under the main oh, logo underneath. there. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's be scrolling through all the text, and there it is, right there at the top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it for our favourite game in all the world. It's Thanks. over for another week. The torture is over for another week. I'm pretty sure Sean won that one, yeah. yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you wake up to the sounds of swordplay and magic grabbing your clothes. What? Well, I always sleep with my armor to hand and my weapons. You never know where you might need that. Ah, but not on this occasion. You remember that you specifically turned them in as part of the King's Peace. What about my holdout dagger? Yep, even your holdout dagger in your boot. All your weapons. Fine, well I've got my spells at least. As an honoured guest of the King, everyone had to wear a magical amulet that stops them from casting offensive spells. That's not what my character would do. Fine. Finished? Sure, fine, now where was I at? Oh yeah, so grabbing your clothes, you move to the door of your room and creeping down the corridor to the door to the main hall. I kicked the door in! What? I kicked the door in and rushed in and hit them with my axe. You don't have an axe. We just covered this. I cast fire. No offensive magic. Fine. I checked the door for traps. But it's a door in the middle of the king's... Did I stutter? I checked for traps. 
Fine. You don't find any traps. You creep up to the door. I didn't roll any dice. How do you know I didn't find any traps? Because there's no traps to find. You mean that the traps are too subtle for me to find? I've got a great spot check, thank you very much. Fine. Roll spot. You don't find any traps. Oh, I rolled one. That's bad, isn't it? How much health do I lose? You don't find any traps. Fine. Okay, I listen at the door. Right, so listening at the door, you feel safe enough to take a peek inside. You can see that the Royal Court have been taken hostage, doubtless to secure the Royal Treasury. Hardened bravos start making their way up the stairs, dragging people down into the middle of the throne room. Oh, okay, well, best way for them to come get me. What? No, you should try and escape. What? So you can have to spot me and kill my character? No, thank you. I'll miss that particular stop on this little railroad excursion. I thank you very much. No, look, my plan for the session is that you sneak off, stealth around the place, and then work out what the bad guys are secretly up to, arm yourself, rescue the royal family and the prince who we wrote in as being your romantic interest. Wait a minute, that's Die Hard. What? The plot of the adventure. It's just the movie Die Hard. Right, do you not like it? Hey, it's a classic film. But we just did that amazing Die Hard and the Starship adventure for what sold his new last week after Kickstarter funded and delivered almost immediately. I was hoping for something a little more original. All right, then. Let's see. Okay, your party arrives in town and you are immediately met by a villager. A warlord has demanded tribute from the village that they can't afford or else they'll starve. They beg you to help and train them so they can fight off the warlord and be free of him once and for... That's Seven Samurai. It is not. Yes, it is. The Akira Kurosawa classic starring Toshiro Mifuni about a band of samurai who teach a village how to protect themselves from a tyrannical warlord. It isn't. That's exactly the same plot. This is absolutely Seven Samurai. No, it isn't. It's his Magnificent Seven. Come on, don't you have any original ideas? Fine, fine. On your way back to the village, you find a maze. Every ten feet, there's a gold coin on the ground. And just as you turn the first corner, there's a ghost coming right for you. Huh, really? You're doing Pac-Man? It's not. Is it Ms. Pac-Man? No, uh, well, yes. Okay, okay. How about this? I'm a gog. An evil empire oppresses known civilization ruled by a wizened old man and his black-suited henchmen. A plucky oh. group of rebels. Star Wars? You're on a ship, the biggest ever seen. Suddenly, there's a lurch and the ship crashes to one side. Titanic, really? Uh, an idyllic island in a brand new theme park featuring dinosaurs is about to open to the public... Jurassic Park? <sighs> Nazis are seeking an ancient holy relic in the hopes that it will aid their campaigns in World War II. Raiders of the Lost Ark? <sighs> On a spaceship and... Uh, Alien? It's a dystopian... Blade Runner? In 1985... Back to the Future? Transported... Wizard of Oz? A... Terminator? No, it was Terminator 2, actually. And you all play Terminators. You spent all week watching movies on Netflix because you're working from home and forgot to do any game prep, didn't you? Well, I don't see you coming up with any great ideas from an adventure. Why don't you run the game this week? Okay, then. I'll say, um... Okay. So you walk into this blue police box, but it turns out it's bigger on the inside than the outside. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Um, mm. And then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. You know what they say, like, first impressions are important? Yeah. Really? I'm just looking at your website for Identica. Yeah. And it's... I love it. It's... Are you going to show me how you do that? I I love the way that there's that sort of continuously sort of video thing going across the top. Then you've got the title over the top of that. It just looks awesome. Thank you. Uh, my my first love has always been design and photography, and and I, you know mm. I learned that in writing and all of that of about twenty plus years ago now, and mm. uh, so finally when we decided to to make this game, we we just every once in a while we just keep pouring a little bit more love into the other portions of it. You know, the book itself, I took a lot of time to design and, and things like that, you know? And so we, we go to these local shops and we try to pitch the game Mm. uh, and they open it up Mm. and you know, we're an indie, we're an indie developer of a game in a, town that has watsi and paizo and artelsorian mm. games and uh oh. <laughs> and fossa well what used to be forced green ronin fossa corporation yeah. the whole nine yards yeah. right uh so you know when you go to a, one of the shops around here everybody's heard everything you yeah. know you can't mm. you can't pitch them anything they probably haven't already heard from a, people that are way more uh, talented and entrenched than I am with it. And they open it up the book and they're like, Oh my God, it's actually like, you know, it's like you get points for like trying, I guess. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> they're like, I think yeah. they're ready for like something that was like, you know, stapled together and, and done in mm. word. And it's like, no, we, we, mm. we're trying to be professional here. We're trying to actually, uh, give, you know, people something they want to see. And so every once in a while, I mean, this is the thing about it is every time I look at the website that I'm like, Oh no, I got to go do this. I got to change this thing now, yeah. you know, cause mm-hmm. I've never I, satisfied with it. I, <laughs> I, I just save our listeners who are doubtless Googling it frantically while they listen. Um, it's play, it's called play identico and identico is I D E N T E C O.com because otherwise there's quite a few things called identico out there. Especially if you're foolish enough to play it with an eye, spell it with an eye. We 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 mm. we had that issue early on. We were looking mm. at it, and um, so mm. identical actually means translates to identity. 
uh, yeah. which is sort of mm-hmm. the beginning, the whole sort of idea of the game mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we were going to be amazing. We were like, brilliant. This is awesome. It's amazing. This is fantastic. And you start looking it up and you start going through all the yeah. whole trademark and everything like that. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not our Nobody name. Nobody else would exactly. have thought of this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the truth, right? Yeah. Like they're all good ideas already taken. You're already, you're just kind of doing your, your version of it, your spin of it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that first impression from the website because it's Ooh. fantastic. It's just Thank really, you. and I, you, you've got to tell me how to do that because I want to do that on one of my websites now. It, it, Absolutely. It looks futuristic. Yeah. yeah, it looks great. It mm. looks great. It's just like, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to describe it so that people who are listening to it and can't, can't actually check it right now. So at the top, You've kind of got what looks like it's a subway, well, not looks like a subway platform, it is a subway yeah. platform. Uh, and then a train is just like going across the screen and yeah. it's like black and white it's footage. Like, it's a, yeah, actual film footage, it feels like. Yes. It stretches right across the top of the yeah. Yeah, right across the top of the web page. Mm. But it doesn't it's not like intrusive like some kind of auto-playing um, mm. YouTube video would be. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. that would just be irritating. It's just like elegantly and seamlessly just part of the background kind of. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't annoy you in the way that something like that and it's silent as well of course which yes so it's not auto playing sound at you it's re- it just looks really cool and futuristic and <laughs> awesome thank you thank you I, I had a lot of fun with that Sorry. particular one uh, <laughs> you can tell I like I'm my like, color palettes on this one too of blue and pink yeah. and uh, purple I'm, I'm, I'm so into website design I'm no good at it is the problem <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, I do I do I do an awful lot of it but I haven't got any particular talent for it and so when I see something like this I'm always like oh how do you do that <laughs> how well, can I add that to my little lexicon of tricks yeah well off, uh, off podcast we'll chat I, I'll, I'll show you how we set it up fantastic yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I gotta say that there's there's definitely sort of, if I said there's a vaporwave aesthetic to it does that ring a bells for you or vaporwave synthwave outrun yeah. uh, i lived all of that while we were creating this project uh and mm. still uh, i still live it uh in a lot of ways because i i didn't have words to describe it i find like the hardest thing mm. for me to do ever in my yes. life is to like just disc- mm. find what that thing is called yes. um and when mm. i started diving into the culture even more and i started mm. seeing the vaporwave synthwave and things like that i was like mm. oh that's the thing that's the thing yeah. i've been trying to to describe you know forever in a day now and so mm. uh, how, how do you put an aesthetic into words like for me it's that sort of like almost pastely, but sort of a neon pastel, soft-edged, almost um, like not not uh, impressionist sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it, it it it's more defined than impressionist. But it's like really is more about the impression of something yeah. that goes on. It's like a subtle, soft. Like oh, that's that's two, that's two weeks lens. in a row you've given an art lecture. <laughs> the last week you were telling us about what was it? Something had triangles in it. What was that? Art Deco. Art Deco. Art Deco. Now we're talking about impressionism. (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting because uh, when you live in Seattle, right, and and Mm. Shadowrun was set here and Mm. all of those sort of things, and uh, I grew up playing Shadowrun. I I grew up unknowingly. I'm not from Seattle. I'm actually from the East Coast in in America, but... Mm -hmm. 
I grew up really wanting to come to Seattle without even knowing I wanted to come to Seattle. Uh, I played Shadowrun all the time. I listened to the first internet radios that were out this way when you could stream it on your internet and things like that. Because there was nothing like I grew up in the deep south. There was nothing. You played role. We had mm. one role playing game shop that's still open. Uh, shout out to the Green Dragon uh, back where I'm at. Um, you know husband and wife crew that's running the whole thing is fantastic and that's where you played your magic and you learned all your D and everything else that came along with it right mm-hmm. um but there's a there's a mood that i try to look for when i do these uh mm-hmm. and it is many a night that you spend out on uh in seattle it still has that old kind of feel that you get from like in new york since it rains so much out here and it's not a it's not a hard rain but it's that just sort of persistent rain mm-hmm. and when you look at with all the there's a lot of art deco still out here um because they keep the even though the city mm-hmm. itself is modernizing because of like amazon and microsoft and all those yeah. kind of stuff they keep the facades of the building from the old 1900s, you know, an art deco and all the old historic pieces. And then they just modernize everything mm. inside of it. So like you just go around mm. and you see these big facades that are just hold up with these giant steel beams. And then they're oh. building out the rest of the building inside of it. Then they're going to, mm. you know, yeah. slam it back together. And, um, there's a thing now because there's so much neon still in this city as well mm. uh, that if you look down at the puddle and there's still the old like brick streets there by Pike's Place mm. Market and sort of the the kind of piece. So you got like a puddle that's reflecting neon on this like brick laden street and it's got this kind of like you were saying there's a little bit of this like soft glow and hue and there's just a mood that you kind of bring to it. Um, yeah, it's, both, it's, it sounds like you yeah. Pull- live in the set of Blade Runner. Uh, There are definitely times. Yeah. 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 And Mm. so a little bit when I'm sorry, when I'm trying to design this world, it's like, how do we take that? And then we just, you know, what's the farthest I can take this whole thing out Mm. um, and and go from there. And so uh, some of it's sort of predicting the future. And then some of it's sort of trying to predict a place that would be really fun to live in too, Mm. Um, or at least Mm. look cool, (laughs) you know, (laughs) little little style over substance in, in some ways too. Yeah. Right. So, on, on that note, though, so Identico, basically what we're talking is what's 2099. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, 170 years from, yeah, 70 years from now. There's been some kind of massive war, mm-hmm. uh, which has devastated large portions of America. Mm-hmm. And corporations now kind of rule what's left. Is that a, is that a fair summary? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the there was no war there was there tried to be a war mm-hmm. and we talk about it a little bit it's more of a it's more of a proxy war because america just gets attacked and the heartland yeah. we call it the scar uh and the heartland just kind of gets you know carved up and so now you've just got kind of two halves of america but you can still go through i mean you know we we try to be pseudo scientifically accurate in this so you can still drive through the scar where it is but um if you've ever seen you know chernobyl and all those things like the wildlife and everything comes back and so you can still Mm. go through it uh but it is heavily irradiated we did take it a little bit farther to kind of give a game mechanic for that area uh but yeah most of the people are going to be on either sides of that scar and there's a there's reasons for it that you find out in some of our companion short stories and you play through the game but then that creates its own market within the scar because now you've got a now you can pay people to drive goods from one into it to the other uh and there's whole mm. you know mechanics around it and things like that so it kind of creates a little bit of an economy uh away from the corporations uh that you can start to kind of as a player you can start yeah. to kind of take advantage of from there 
So do we know who attacked America? If you read uh, one of our books, you will find out. Um, okay. Uh, it's called In Defiance of Chaos. It starts to tease it, but it doesn't go into it fully. Uh, we have some right. more that are coming up with it, um, but we did leave that a little bit kind of out there for the GMs to be able to kind of play with. And, you know, I don't want, I'm a storyteller by nature. So I have all of the things in my head, but I don't want to be prescriptive to a GM that wants to take the, this world, you know, kind of like you do with D and D you, most DMS that I know don't play the books exactly as they say, they make their own version of the homebrew. Uh, and I want to do the Mm -hmm. same thing, but in a modern setting for them is, you know, here's the state of the world, go do whatever you want with it, you know, go have fun with it. Okay. So we're going to just assume it was Denmark then, I think. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's, it's, always, yeah, it's definitely Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Denmark. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I lost all five fans in Denmark just now. <laughs> <laughs> we have a massive, we have a massive Danish re- listener that is <laughs> Well, yeah, uh- Fair play to them. Uh, they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a massive Danish yeah. listener. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, We're very sorry, Denmark. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. love you. It, this, is just going, this is just going to be a repeat of, repeat of vampire where like uh, Denmark's going to lodge a uh, complaint against you. <laughs> <laughs> then the DPS is going to take over. You think about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So, so basically, we got we got um, people living on either side on, on the two coasts. Yeah. And these are these are what big big. Uh, you got you got one of them that replaces LA. Mm. Uh, Angel yep. City or something like that. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we- so. Uh, is this all Blade Runner-y, neon, flying cars, all that sort of stuff? A uh, little bit, yeah. It's definitely the sort of entertainment hub of the world. Mm-hmm. We wrote that one. Um, we have a uh, we have a podcast coming out that I believe will actually be called Angel City Outlaws. Um, mm-hmm. And we just like the idea of a little bit of the Robin Hood kind of style with it, where you they're playing the fringers. They're playing the folks that are on the fringe of L.A., uh, where you can yeah. really try to bring in the style and substance of, 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 of a cyberpunk world. But then you've got a lot of the corporations that are up in Seattle that you know very much mimic some of the ones that we have today and how they're working through um, different parts of the world and stuff and so it's an interesting kind of way of looking at it because uh, we wrote this are you, are you familiar with um, the acquisitions incorporated shows and the podcasts and everything they do with oh, like Watsy? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, it's bad, yeah. Yeah. And and so you know for those that aren't aware, it's so Acquisitions Incorporated is done by Penny Arcade. It's it's like a three hour live show or kind of like Critical Role does their live shows, but they don't do a podcast in between. And it's done at PAX around the world and stuff like that. And so uh in twenty fourteen we were sitting in line for this, the only one that I've ever actually been to live because I I I got too impatient to sit in line for the rest of them. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but we were sitting in line and the lines take two, uh, three hours themselves because you have to queue up and everything like that. And um, mm. so we just kind of sat there and, and my, my, my writing partner on this project uh, looked at me and he said, you know, there hasn't been any really good cyberpunk games lately. And he was thinking, you know, cyberpunk, the game from out 
Artel Sorin that's, you know, feeding Cyberpunk 2077 and all that kind of stuff. And I went, yeah, you know, you're right. Like we play, we were playing Shadowrun a little bit. He mm-hmm. grew up on Rifts and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mm-hmm. games and all of the kind of, you know, GURPS where you have to have a calculus degree to figure all of that out. <laughs> And oh, so no. we just kind of, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so we just kind of picked up a, uh, we, I had a notebook on me. Uh, we just picked up the notebook and started sketching the first version of the game right then and there nice. with people that were around us, essentially. Um, mm. You know, we had some, we had some dice with us and everything because we had played the D and D path and pathfinder series and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. whatever the, the con games that they have there. Um and so, uh, yeah, we just started rolling the, the ideas of the world and everything like that, of like what it meant to. Uh, and then I kind of let it sit for, you know, a couple of months because I had, by this time I had been approached by several folks to be like, oh, we got to go do this thing. It'd be so cool if we did this comic or we did this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out all they did was really wanted me to write, do their job for them. Essentially. Oh, They're like, okay, well you do all the writing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'll figure it everything out. It's like no, that's that's not what I want to do. Um, so then I I hooked back up with with this guy uh, a couple months down the line. He's like, yeah, we need to finish that thing. And I was like, okay, all right, now we can have a serious talk about doing this. Um, and then you know it took us five years because we were building all these systems from the ground up mm-hmm. and and trying on different hats and skill systems and all the things that you know. How do you make a fully fleshed world that is modern plus or futuristic in a lot of ways, but not make it feel like every other modern game that's out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that took yeah. us a long time of just discovery yeah. and play testing and. I mean, we went to conventions for years just play testing this with folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could make sure that, you know, it, it was balanced and it was good and, you know, people actually wanted to play it versus <laughs> we're just going to throw it out there and hope somebody wants to play it, you know, um, and take a lot of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so um, it looks very interesting. Uh, I'm picking it like maybe a little bit of a Judge Dread vibe from some of the characters. I'm thinking specifically Leo, the law enforcement officer, um, and that sort of spoke a little bit to me about that, like, you know, going out into the cursed earth, the scar, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe bringing law to the lawless there. Is that an influence? A little bit. Uh, yeah. it, it comes with, uh, have you ever read the comic book uh, East of West? No, never. Okay, so uh, that's a that's a Hickman joint, I believe. Jonathan yeah. Hickman's the writer of it. Um, it it it's influenced in the style that I'm thinking about with the wastes of it's the combat's very deadly out there. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a little bit uh, of, uh, have you ever played f- like not fallout 76? Cause that game's a little toss, but um, the original, like the good fallout games where you've got these settlements, these people who just don't want to live in a city. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to live for corporations. They want to live free. We joke in the book that a lot of the people that live outside of the cities are the preppers that when the bombs fell, they had the giant signs that says, we told you so, (laughs) Um, which may or may not be several people that I know now during this particular time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so, so these folks, they, they're, they're choosing to make their own settlements and choosing to live on their own. But of course, then you've got your own bandits, you've got your own, uh, wildlife and things that can create, uh, and then there's some, there's some very pseudoscientific things that are brought up, uh, in a couple of the, uh, missions that are not in the main book, but we're releasing in, in as digital pieces coming up that bring a little bit more of the science fiction action to that, um, there is a, a mention of 
uh, one of the reservations that would that happened. There's some horrific things that are there. Um, mm. in, in more of a, uh, and I say horrific more in that kind of survival horror esque kind of thing. Uh, if you were to venture in into there, so uh, it gives DMs some some fun because it's like a late game kind of dungeon, almost like a little ruined city that you can go uh, explore to. Mm. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the system? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm always a system guy. I, I, I got I, I got to say it's a 237 page book, which obviously represents yeah, it's not small. Represents a great deal of value uh, for money. So, are you like more of a core mechanics guy, or do you believe in like a system for each individual occurrence it might come across? I I tend to try to have core mechanics because I'm I'm more yeah. of the simple. I like to role play more than anything. Uh, um, we have an interesting kind of dynamic is my co-writer is the math guy. He does all the math for mm. it. Uh, he'll pitch me an idea and it's all from the math side of it. I want to know what the story it's got to make sense and all those kind of things. And so when I'm playing, mm-hmm. those are, those are kind of the ways that I want to do. And so um, our core mechanics are really built around uh, the, the reputation. We don't have experience points in the mm. game. Uh, you have your reputation because you are your, it's your identity that's driving everything uh in the game and so as you get up in quote-unquote levels because there is some progression you get things we can when you become more well known mm-hmm. um some things become easier for you um yeah. and so but because from that notoriety though you also get a little bit more heat so you know when you're 10th 11th 12th you know level character uh yes you get some things that may help you with the game but you also get you know the feds on you a little bit more too because mm-hmm. it's hard you know, to be undercover because you're it's harder to be famous. undercover exactly yeah so so reputation you know it's it you can and you can spend your reputation you never go down on your xp levels or you know your levels and things like that but you can sure. cash in we have a whole kind of system where you can spend a certain amount and you can call in favors or you can help do re-rolls or things that can get, help you get advantage so your notoriety quite mm-hmm. literally we call it cashing in on fame for me it's one of those things if not every gm out there is matt mercer and they can't do you know they, they want to role play but they just maybe they're too shy to do it you know or the the player that you know really wants to get into their voice and really wants to get into their thing but they're just not a, a critically acclaimed you know voice actor mm. this allows you to role play because at that point you can say well i'm going to spend you know x number of points and i want to call a uh you know i want to call a contact or i want to you know get out of jail free card almost uh and you can kind of just talk through that like you would normally do uh and it provides a way to kind of rp without having to worry about these like over the top characters and things like like that like it provides a mechanic for them to kind of get a little bit aligned at least and then be able to kind of go forth from there because nobody mm. likes trying to fake a charisma check when like me as a person may mm. not have charisma but my character does but Absolutely. you know and it's like how do you I, how do you work that you know i, I verify <laughs> that and no one's ever asked me to take a pole on and hit someone three times in six seconds or three people. Yeah. Be, it'd be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. I might be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that would ask me to cast a magic spell. Like, <laughs> I'm, sure we did a, I'm sure we did a sketch about exactly that once, didn't we? It's ringing a bell. We did a maybe like a year ago, us. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that, mate. Definitely rings a bell. So, what is the sort of what is the core mechanic here then? Mm. What, what are we, we looking at in terms of what, what dice are we rolling? What are we doing? Yeah. So, it's a bit. So, we like the click clack math rocks. It is. Yeah. Uh, 
it's built on a D20 style system because we wanted it to be familiar for players because D&D is so big and because it's been so big. I mean, I started with uh, my first game was D&D. They were trying to redo the Lord of the Rings for me because that was just something I could do when I was like six or seven. Um, I was mm-hmm. like, I know that thing. Let's do that thing. Um but, uh, you know, because Shadowrun and things like that, you have to have handfuls of D6s to play that game. And we didn't mm-hmm. want to have to have something like that kind of running dice pools and stuff like that. So it's built on a D20 style system. It's done, though, mostly through opposed roles because that's where it allows you to, like, have because it's built on identity, because it's built on a uh, an RP style system. You mm-hmm. want board meetings. If you've ever been in a big board meeting and I've, I've my day job has put me in with some of the bigger ones in the world. My condolences. Um, mm-hmm. What's that? My condolences. No, my, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, but it, yeah. it pretty much is like a fight though, because like it's, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, lawyering in some ways where you have to kind of go back and forth. And so opposed roles allows for a little bit of the, the kind of mix and ways that you can start to put the story together mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. just having this like magical, armor class or dc or sr or something like that to kind of hit and so that way uh and we've had some pretty hilarious ones where like you'll roll a two and the gm will roll a one and it's like congratulations you succeeded (laughs) 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 you've talked your way into this you know and and so that's kind of the it keeps the gm on their feet and it keeps people engaged because you know even when you get attacked physically right combat is is fast-paced in our game it's pretty deadly um because it involves Mm -hmm. guns and humans um, you know, there are ROVs in the game. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but you know, you have a set amount of hit points for each, you know, body limb and things like that. And then never changes. You don't get better at getting shot when you get older. And so if somebody rolls a D 20 to shoot at you, you also roll a D 20 and add some defense to it. So you're kind of constantly yeah. involved in the, in the, in the combat. Um, mm-hmm. cause we were, wor- we're always worried about that. You know, you get to D and D combat and it starts to slow down and things like that. Yes. And yeah. You just don't want to mm-hmm. do that. So, no. so it's like, it's very much going to be able to keep up the pace and rock when things are getting the most exciting, where mm-hmm. it's the most dangerous. You don't want it to slow down and you want to be able to keep that sort of pep going. And it's, it, it provides that same excitement of rolling a nat 20. Mm-hmm. You know, if you roll a nat 20 on a, on a defense roll, it's like, congratulations, you've dodged. You've done something mm-hmm. to get out of the way. You've either yeah. dodged the bullet or you got around the corner or they just missed, yeah. you know. And uh, so you get, you, get that, you get that little bit of bonus twice. Mm-hmm. So That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. You know, sometimes I do want to write the game where everything's flowing along really, really smoothly. Then you get into combat, and then it takes you three weeks per round just to work out what's going on. They've already got that game, Russ. Warhammer the RPG. I'm just learning 40K these days, and I'm realizing that every turn lasts an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, it gets gets faster. Like, you know, with time and experience and practice – you'll be able to get down to maybe 80, 82 minutes a turn. Nice. Uh, so, you know, okay, good. Yeah, that, D- D- fourth edition was a bit like that with all the interrupts <laughs> and then people interrupting each other's interrupts oh, and then the interrupt, yeah. the interrupt, you were interrupts. And then you come into this nested thing of interrupts and you're 40 interrupts down. Then you have to work your way back up again just to get back to the start and come on to the next person's now, turn. Now, now, Sean, what you can see here is that Russ has clearly never played Magic. I was going to say, this is a blue deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
This is a blue deck yeah. versus a blue deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a way down yeah. I, I, I have never played Magic. I suspect that I will never play Magic. <laughs> well, you're, you're an actual green player. You, you love it. It's like, you know, just think of it. You just basically summon lots of puppies to do your job for you. Some of these puppies are very large, but yeah, that. That's really more of a feature yeah. than a bug. Again, when it comes to magic, I'm I'm the simpleton of all of this. It's it's fireballs and mm. sacrifice the goblins. Just send them in and they'll eventually hit something with a stick. That's I all see. you need. So if you send wave after wave of your goblins at the kill bots, eventually their kill switches will <laughs> Yeah. Reset. Eventually it will work. We'll just hang on. I mean, you know. Uh, there's the, when you get goblins. owned by 12 year olds in Friday night magic and draft, it's like, I, this is more math than I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the characters. Mm. So you've got a bunch of character classes. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of them, are, I kind of recognize all to people who have played, um, you know, some of the kind of stuff before. So you've got your hackers and you've got mm-hmm. your sort of engineer types. Yeah. You just like run through some of those and, we, have you got any in there that are sort of a little dip, a little different that might stand out there? Well, we do. So hacking is is sort of our version of of magic in in this particular one. But the the difference in in some of these is that you can play. Uh, there's three different ways you can play. You can play as somebody who's connected to a corporation. Uh, you can play somebody who's out on the fringe, or you can play somebody that's what we call an outrider. Um, mm. That's out, you know, mm. in the wastes. They have never been you know, in the cities. Uh, and there are settlements and there are actually big settlements out there. They're just not corp controlled. The art aesthetic is just so incredibly strong. I mean, and the character art as well. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, we wanted, I, yeah, we, we really wanted to kind of get like, just like it, it, you, the characters are the things that you can connect with the most Yes. in a game. Like when you see, you know, when you see a fighter or when you see, you know, uh, somebody in there, you want to be able to like imagine that you're them. And so mm-hmm. when we were talking with our artists, we were just, you know, we told them like, go over the top, have some mm-hmm. fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we gave them, we gave them pretty detailed descriptions in terms of kind of what we wanted to see. But mm-hmm. uh, the rest of it, I just wanted to see what they could come up with. And, you know, they definitely didn't let us down. So, yeah. And it's very much sort of, um, uh, very much just sort of a, if I said the unified voice, <laughs> I'm not quite. Yeah, uh, I mean that's what I go with for the art. It's it's it. it uh, like, can you tell me about the artists that you worked with? Uh, it, her name is Lilith. Uh, she so uh, Lilith and then uh, Dylan Farrow, uh, both of them, uh, and we gave them each other's like style and things like that because mm. we wanted to to keep that aesthetic kind of running through. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and she's just been you know we we tend to do the George Lucas thing where we look for folks that aren't your most well named because we went to yeah. a few Emerald City Comic Cons early on and we would mm. go into the artist alley and talk with everybody all the whole time and yeah, yeah. Uh, realize that if they've done any work for watsy in at all which is uh, probably 80 percent of the people around here uh mm-hmm. we couldn't afford them <laughs> on our budget there's no way we could uh and that's not to say that they are oh yeah no no yeah all the magic the gathering artists that are here and stuff like that was no oh. way we could we could support on that one uh, oh and that's not to say that uh that they don't deserve that by any Absolutely. means it was yeah, just yeah. uh realistically we didn't have the cash or <laughs> that in there <laughs> We were years away from a Kickstarter, um, oh, and, yeah. and 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 stuff like that. So you know, mm-hmm. so it was. We started to look for folks that that 
were into gaming but had mm-hmm. not done a ton of published work and and started to kind of work with them uh yeah. top to bottom to kind of say like okay here's what we're thinking like mm-hmm. here's how we want to make it work you know um mm-hmm. stuff like that and so then we you know it was kind of a bit of a vetting process but yeah um from early on they really just they they grasped onto the idea of the world mm-hmm. uh and the idea of the setting and then just kind of took it and in, into the amazing new other places that i was not even thinking would be there yeah you got like a lot of buy-in for these ideas they were really excited yeah yeah and it's i mean you want to create like i mean and i've done writing and stuff like that for the other ones you know and so it's like yeah at some point it's like okay it's a job it's how i'm gonna you know i'm gonna gonna make my money and stuff like that but if you can get somebody Mm -hmm. that's that's excited for it Mm -hmm. then you're gonna get even better stuff out of it and so you know my first calls with these folks were really just pitching them on the game you know it was not even just kind of a thing of like talking all the different uh you know technical stuff and everything like that it was just kind of like here's the world that we're making Mm -hmm. you know and here's what we're trying to do here's a social message that we're trying to get out there you know what do you think you know and just kind of like you know just getting some feedback with them and making sure that they felt like they wanted you know were a part of something versus you know just i'm just doing a job you know (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean that's very much part of the uh sort of the cyberpunk like with a small c like the genre convention which is it's all very heartless but what was the sort of the social message that ultimately you're trying to get out there that you're like fully on board with. It is. So there's, there's an element of hope in a lot of this stuff that, that you're trying to, you know, apathy is what kind of, uh, got you there. Uh, if you look at it, it's very much, it's, eerie how close this is to real life right now but is you know the disaster happened that we talked about and it created Mm. the scar and the government in america couldn't keep up Mm. Mm. and uh so the corporation stepped in to help and then eventually the the people got behind the people who could help them like realistically and the corporations got the power given to them um because the people got behind them and it's very close to kind of what we're dealing with right now admittedly five years ago we did not predict that it was going to be like this (laughs) but i mean it kind of is right i mean you've got you've got the u.s Mm. government right now doing what they do Mm. um and uh we we lived you know we're the generation that lived through katrina and all of these other fema missteps that come through it meanwhile you've got you know amazon and tesla and all these other places making new ventilators and masks and all this stuff and the government's just kind of wringing their hands a little bit and it's like Mm. you know so effectual dynamic sort of leadership that you'd really want in such a time process. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah there, there's, there's two types of, of people out there. There are leaders and then there are managers. And mm. I use this usually when I'm talking about the corporate world, but you know, managers, your boss, like you, you, you lead people cause that's your job on a daily basis. Like leaders are people that, that others flock to because they have charisma and they have good ideas and they have the things that it takes to uh, really get the, you know, get a job done or get something done for it. And so in this case, that's the way that the, the people chose the the winner, so to speak. Right. And that's where you either evolve or you die. And in yeah. our case, we said the government probably died at that point. You know, yeah. um, there's no hostile takeovers or anything like that. It just sort of happens naturally. Uh, but now yeah. you're left in a world that goes, okay, your dollar now says, you know, what it does. And mm. the corporations own the city in a lot of ways. 
And it's a little bit like the mining towns of like the 1800s again, where, mm. you know, they own, you know, the barbershop, the parlor, they yeah. own the, the, you know, everything like that. I but you don't Judge have to pay Dredd. for it. I said Judge Dredd earlier, but actually a better metaphor might have been something like Deadwood. Yeah. Is, yeah. that, is, that, is, that, is that the right sort of thing? Yeah, yeah for, the, mm. uh, for the exterior stuff, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got these sort of things. They're sort yeah. of like, you've got the philosophy of this sort of oligarchy, like, you know, ruled by those with all the money. And against this is this really strong anarchist sort of kickback, mm-hmm. which says that fundamentally people don't need a government. Is that the sort of vibe? In a lot of ways, mm. yeah. And and when you've got you've got the you've got the fringers in the city that are doing, you you usually got two types of people that are inside the city. They got the people mm-hmm. who are trying to just make do with the social norms and the things that are going on. So you've got mm-hmm. your typical underground, you know, kingpins and things like that. Yeah. Uh, or you get the people who are like, "Damn the man, I'm going to do it anyways," and Ooh. try to actively bring the corporations down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you've got these sort of anarchists outside of the city that mm-hmm. are some of them just want to be left alone. And then some of them, you know, just want to bring the whole thing down because they feel like we just need a reset. So we talked about the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the buy into the game. Yeah. Um, and Sean's told me about the sort of underlying theme behind the game. And we've identified like a real sense of um, hope and um, like the power of anarchy versus oligarchy mm-hmm. and like the corruption of capitalism, which I think is something that sort of thematically makes this a very different game from the existential hopelessness that you have when you're doing something like Shadowrun, where it's like basically, yeah, you're all basically bad people doing bad things for bad reasons. <laughs> and this sort of has a more positive outlook in some ways. Like not 100%, it's not all happy fun time, but you know, it's a... Uh, that, that, that's what I'm taking away from it. Is that, that right? Sure. No, I think, I think it's right. I think it's the, you, you have to sort of come to grips that you're going to probably do some things that, um, otherwise would be, uh, maybe like looked down upon in some ways. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to, the beauty of the beauty of such a long playtesting time is that we had so many, and we did this in conventions a lot. So your PAXs, ECCs, game cons, things like that, um, where we had to explain the game in about 10 minutes, give them a pre-generated mm-hmm. character, some dice, the whole nine yards, and then get them off to the, to the races. And one of the things that we learned doing that is that there were entire ways to go through this game completely non-combative. And the ways that they solved these sort of heist mechanic and puzzles and things were fantastic uh, because, you know, you, you now know that it's available. And so it's like, okay, I don't have blood on my hands. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to uh, do necessarily the things that would make me feel like a scumbag at the end of the day. Um, We're going to solve this. You know, we're still going to be able to stick it to the man, but we're going to solve this in a way that doesn't require human life. Um, And that's huge. You know, so it's really an open-ended kind of way that you want to play the game versus trying to just always go in and murder hobo kind of thing with it. Because if you do that in this game, you're probably going to die and you have to reroll a character pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) wear a helmet if you're going to get into a combat because it's it's gonna happen real quick yeah i think i think when i got cut off i just remembered what it was i'd asked and what you were in the middle of answering um Mm -hmm. i'd asked about the characters and the character classes yeah and you and you were talking a little on on some of those Mm. yeah 
So uh, the characters, some of it is is sort of a little bit of the standard sort of modern uh, and and uh, futuristic sort of cyberpunk. You got your hacker, your greaser. You know, we've got mercs. You get you know, so your fighter classes and things like that. Yeah, um, people that control drones and everything. Yeah, I, I'm, I know that. I, I am like a man who's like. Eh. Well, Mm. so the Rover is, is, uh, it stands for ROVs are remotely operated vehicles or an, and ROV pilots were made by the militaries as a way to stop human fighting. So mm-hmm. they would send these, you know, these gigantic robots into battle. And, you know, if the robot dies, okay, cool. Do you just unplug matrix style and plug into a different one and you're back up? You know, they're mm-hmm. controlled from an HQ that's somewhere else, right? We've, we've yeah. used something called quantum computing, which is uh, buzzwords these days right now because uh, U.S. and China have been working on it and things. Um mm-hmm to essentially control these, these robots. Uh, they were, they were made, uh, as a, as a way to do like asteroid mining and things like that as well. So you can send them into these harsh conditions where humans definitely would never be able to go. Uh, and they could do all these different services for it. Uh, but of course, like any technology gets used for fighting at some point. Um, but as a, you know, if you're on the fringe, you can control one of these as well. So now you've got your heavy. That's your fighter class. You know, they can take, you know, they can take a licking. They can also dish it out, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's sort of the the fun of that particular class. But then you've also, you know, again, you're going to go up against other rovers in the game. So now you've got, you know, you've got a, you've got a folly in either way, or you're going up against a greaser that knows how to take down a rover, right? There are, you know, there's EMPs, there's other, you know, there's counters to different things that you can do if you want to. So, but you know, if you're a human and you're going up against a Rav, wear a helmet. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute blast, and mm. I cannot wait to get stuck into a game of Identico. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, we are doing uh, sales of the book though through like Drive Through RPG. You can find it all at PlayIdentico.com, oh. um, right. and we're we've kind of discounted all the digital stuff right now to give people some uh, mm-hmm. some something else to play when they're indoors because you know it's it's Mess. you know we we need we all need something new sometimes we just need to read something we need to have something that has a little bit of hope in it hopefully and uh, yeah you know so hopefully we we're adding a little light out there for everybody. I've got to say the artwork on this stuff really quite beautiful so if you want a treat for your eyes yeah then yeah you know where to go yeah yeah well next week we have owen casey stevens on the show who'll be talking about all sorts of things including the new rpg superstar competition that is exciting by the way i i listened to that in the last episode so that's gonna be a lot of fun to see yeah. It's going to be interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so, uh, on that note, it is goodbye from me, Russ. And goodbye from me, Peace Coffee, of the Southampton And goodbye from me, Mallow. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter.
Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.